history in Gold Coast history. He kicks straight. Hello and welcome to Little Birdie Sports Show for a Monday first look. I'm your host, Nikki Sylvester. Joining me today is MG for the AFL Round 17 review. And we've got Top Rope back in the studio for the NRL's Round 17 review. First look is proudly brought to you by Little Birdie TV, topsport.com.au, punting form and manscaped for the very best in men's grooming. Going to say hi to MGs. Had a big night? Yeah, it's been a big week um, on the back of last week, which was massive as well. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we checked out at about 2.30 in the morning watching the tennis, uh, the men's final. So, yeah. um, good result for some punters. Yep. It, uh, yeah, straight back into it this morning. Yeah, I heard your, I heard your theory downstairs that um, what the bookies paid someone to heckle. It's one theory. Not my, <laughs> it's, not my it's not my theory. We, um, love a, we love a theory. We love a theory. Yeah, I love uh, the Djokovic plant theory that he would have put a, one or two people in the crowd just to heckle your man Kyrgios to get him uh, a bit off tilt. Well, whatever happened at work, because he was uh, wasting a lot of energy on court, wasn't he? Oh, my God, amazing. Oh, my God, I love that stuff to hear it and to read it in the morning. And um, Top Rope, did you have a big night? You watched the golf? Stayed up late? Uh, yeah, gave it, a, gave it a good run. Didn't uh, Wasn't sweating like uh, MG. It was akin to Prince Andrew in that Elaine Maxwell interview. Uh, <laughs> you know, every weekend, but uh, uh, I was up watching uh, watching some Super League and watching some, some Scottish Open golf. But uh, yeah, uh, just like MJ said, big big week of sport around the globe. You kind of think this time of year, not a lot going on, but you know, golf tournaments across the globe. Wimbledon wrapping up, the tours underway, which I'm sure MJ is all over. Uh, yeah, only four games of NRL, but had plenty of drama with Origin, the lead up to Origin. So uh, plenty going on. Absolutely, plenty going on now. Um, can you run me down the Wimbledon's women's final? Because, um, yeah, she won. She won well. What is she? She was unseated too, wasn't she? No, no, she no. was seated. Um, she's 23 in the world, yeah. ranked 17 for Wimbledon. Robert Keena, uh, first Grand Slam win. Uh, yeah, three sets, pretty good match. Um, she was very nervous early. Really? Um, yeah, first set, she was a um, bit dear in the headlights, full crowd on centre court. She... She knew she was in for a big occasion, but, uh, yeah, the way she settled, changed the game around quickly in the uh, second set and then ran over in the third um, to beat Jabir. So, um, yeah, history is always going to be made by one of them. But, uh, yeah, it was a it was, it was a pretty good standing uh, final, actually, um, for two people that um, you wouldn't have picked too much pre-post, especially the winner. So another outsider wins Wimbledon. I think it's the sixth or seventh year in a row now we've had a different winner in the in the, in the women's um Wimbledon final, so it's a very hard tournament to uh, to pick pre-post and even going through. But, uh, yeah, good on her. 23 years of age, she's won her first major, so uh, uh, first Kazakhstan woman to win a uh, a uh, tennis major. So a bit of history there for uh, for Rebekina. Fantastic. And um, just give me a little overview of Djokovic and um, Kyrgios. <laughs> Your most dated man in sport. No. Yeah, he's up there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, well, listen, it was it was a high standard match. It really was. So kudos, kudos to uh, both players. They put on an absolute show for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, and if Kyrgios wasn't, uh, I guess, bringing down the tennis final and just played it properly, it would have been one of the uh, the better uh, finals you would have seen played on centre court at Wimbledon. Um, outstanding for four sets, very high level. I mean, Kyrgios served out of his mind for, for large parts of it and it took Djokovic um, – well, in it, well, the start of the second set to actually work it out and, and look like breaking him. But, uh, yeah, it's, um, you know, it's amazing. Djokovic just um, 
Well, for Kyrgios, it says you've got to lose one to go and win one. And I think this is a huge education for him, whether he takes it on board, you know, going forward to say that, uh, you know, this is what it takes to go and be at the highest level. And I think he appreciated the occasion and maybe when he does it reflected in his own time. I know it is Kyrgios, so we'll take it with a grain of salt. But, you know, it's a bit of self-education that he actually absorbs what, what he actually did and, and almost achieved. Uh, and he went up against, you know, possibly the greatest or definitely in the top two or three of all time. Yeah. Uh, Djokovic winning his seventh Wimbledon was was unbelievable. He played a high level. Once he worked Kyrgios out, broke him early in the second. The game was, uh, you know, pretty much uh, done from there. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm impressed with Djokovic. He's, uh, you know, I, I didn't really like him early in his career as well, and he, he took time to work it out. But, yeah, he handled um, he handled Kyrgios like, like a boxer, really. I thought it was like a Mayweather boxing fight. He just absorbed whatever Kyrgios. He never got rattled when Kyrgios was serving bombs. Um he didn't. He didn't get involved in any of the the yelling. Kyrgios wanted to go at the umpire. He was at his box all day. He wanted to have fans thrown out, and Djokovic never bit once and just absorbed everything Kyrgios threw at him. Uh, basically, Kyrgios just burned all his energy out. I think you know he had nothing left in the tank when the big points were up because he was too busy yelling at everyone else. And Kyrgios, um, Djokovic didn't get sucked in and uh, got the job done. So, yeah. Very good high levels game. Um, Djokovic is too good, but uh, Kyrgios has got definite upside for sure. Okay, all right. So we'll uh, we'll watch out for the next Grand Slam for Kyrgios and um, the men's. They got it done. The Aussies. What have we got? Purcell and Ebden. Yeah, men's doubles. Uh, first time in twenty two years, I what, think. Since the Woodies. I think it might be. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Yeah. Very good stat there by you, uh, Max Purcell and Matt Ebden um, beat last year's champs to win it. So they had to go through the uh, defending champs to win it. And also shout out to uh, Ebdom as well. He come uh, runner up in the mix with Sam Stosa, who's still going around apparently. So it's a big week for the Aussies. Top row, can you can you run me down on the Super League and the uh, and the golf? It was a magic weekend. So uh, um, and Super League. So all the teams went to Newcastle, uh, played St James's Park, and uh, uh, spread uh, spread the great uh, world league. Uh, yeah, big weekend. The uh, top match last night was uh, Warrington against Catalans. Warrington won only one of their last seven, but uh, bounced back to beat Catalan, who had rolled hold of favourites in Helens the week before, so big win there. And it was uh, capped off by the, uh, the, the the famous Hull Derby, probably up there with the most uh, hated rivalries in world sport, Hull FC against Hull KR, divided by the, uh, the river in Hull. But... Uh, um, FC got the job done there. Uh, and Scottish Open, the rest of the news out of that is Xander Shoffley is the hottest golfer in the world right now. He has made it three straight wins. He won the uh, uh, Travellers over in the US in the PGA Tour. He, he backed up with a win in the, 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 the famed JP McManus uh, Pro-Am and then come out and uh, only shot even part the last round, but it was more than enough to win the Scottish Open. So... Uh, all his main contenders, like Jordan Spieth, uh, fared backwards. Shoffley got it done. And we'll, um, for a guy whose big criticism has been that he doesn't win much, he's might have finally figured that out. Now. He might one of those those horses who've got plenty of ability, who who struggle to win. Once they get that first one, just pick a fence after that. So uh, big watch on Andrew Shoffley coming up this week with the Open Championship. Yeah, fantastic. Okay, I'm sure you're going to have uh, some tips going into the Open Championship. Thanks, Top Rope. Yeah. Nikki, what do we got with the uh, Austrian Grand Prix <laughs> that uh, went overnight? You're our Grand Prix resident. What do you got for us? Yeah, um, Charles Leclerc won. So um, 
Ferrari have really made a, well, Charles Leclerc's made a little bit of a comeback on the um, Drivers' Championship. So Verstappen's only got a 38-point lead now. Um, he came second. So um, that's really opened that wide up for the Drivers' Championship because Verstappen had a pretty big lead. Um, sadly, um, the other um, Ferrari car, I don't know if anyone watched it, his, uh, his engine dropped out and then the car caught on fire and look, they were pretty lucky to get him out in time. Um, yeah, it, it was a narrow escape. I don't think he could tell that, that the engine was on fire and then um, and then the, sh- the the safety stewards were just telling him, you got to get out, you got to get out, and um, the car was on fire. So that, that was a lucky escape for him. And, look, sadly, he was probably on track to, to run second. So it would have been a one-two for Ferrari. But anyway, Charles Leclerc gets the job done. Monegasque boy, love him. He can speak Italian fluently. What a pin-up boy for F1. We're going to head straight to the AFL Round 17 review. All right, so Geelong took on Melbourne and they won 91 to 63. Sydney beat the Western Bulldogs 120 to 67. Collingwood beat the Kangaroos 88 to 81. Gold Coast beat Richmond 94 to 92. Fremantle beat St Kilda 111 to 70. Port Adelaide beat the GWS 84 to 29. And the Mighty Bombers, they beat Brisbane, what was it, 100 to 90? Yes. Uh, and Hawthorne beat Adelaide 86 to 54. And Carlton got the job done over the West Coast 116 to 53. MJ, what a packed round. Yeah, it was good. Uh, yeah, back-to-back weeks now of uh, very good uh, AFL results. We had... Uh, Kicked off at the start of the week with Geelong beating um, Melbourne. It was second v first. And, yep. uh, yeah, it was um, good money for Geelong um, at home again. They just proved money for Jam down down there at the old Cadinia Park and just uh, outplayed Melbourne on the ground. Melbourne had got issues on the forward half. Um, I know you put a line through them about a month ago <laughs> and now it's uh, – you wanted me to bring that up. But, yeah, no, nah, Geelong were excellent. Now they're top of the table there, Nikki. So very good start to the week. Sydney were uh, awesome against the Bulldogs, really. Um, I know they've been very up and down, Sydney, hard to catch. And the Bulldogs are probably uh, now put in the category for this year, one of the most talented teams that uh, will miss the finals. So um, their run home, I don't think they'll get the job done. And Kangaroos almost pulled (laughs) off the uh, upset of the year for sure. Um, Collingwood, a very, very strong favourite. I think they were $1.03 maybe they were going around and uh, were behind for most of the game, uh, just scraped home by seven points. Um, match of the round, I yes. thought was, or the, the better match of the round was the Gold Coast um, comeback against Richmond was unbelievable. They were down 40 points at one stage. Uh, third time this year that Richmond have given up a decent lead yeah. and uh, have lost really late in the game. So um, I did see a stat where uh, if Richmond had finished out in the last quarters, they'd be on top of the ladder. So that's the difference between those three games mm-hmm. this year. So. Um, now they're fighting in the bottom half of the eight. Uh, Fremantle in the other game, I guess, was a mini final for both teams. Really strong the back end of the game and put uh, St Kilda away. Uh, very dominant win there. So not sure where St Kilda at. Port won an ordinary game against GWS. Jesus Standard was terrible in that game. Really hard to watch. Not not looking forward to watching the replay uh, tomorrow there. Uh, your team, Essendon. Uh, in the upset against Brisbane. <laughs> it probably wasn't an upset going in. There was a big line movement. Uh, I think it moved about 15 points to us, and Brisbane ended up having nine players out of their side. So, um, you know, a big chunk out of their team. Uh, they were pretty brave, actually. Um, but Essendon got the job done. Important win for them. I think they've won three out of their last four now, Nikki, since you dusted off and threw the membership <laughs> away. Uh, Hawthorne, Adelaide, equal worst game of the week. Terrible standard game. Uh, those two team seasons are over, and then uh, Carlton just got the job against a very ordinary West Coast, who went scoreless in both the first and last quarters. They uh, had a terrible year. Oh my gosh! I know. I was watching that, and I was like, "Wow!" Could not believe it. What a turnaround from the week before. Okay, now if we have a look at the bookie wrap, 
So seven of nine faves, five of nine covers, seven of nine over totals and six of nine home teams. And for the season, we're sitting at 70% faves, 52% of covers, 56% of over totals and 62% for the home teams. Yeah, so just two upsets there. Obviously, Essen was the main one for the yep. bookies that probably saved their weekend a bit. And uh, it was pretty high scoring, a uh, few high scoring games in the totals. Yeah, run seven out of nine in the overs. And you had a really good week for the Stings. Oh, my God, look at that. I'm just seeing www. And that's sadly only one loss, but amazing. What a result. Talk yourself yeah, up. Yeah, we had, right. um, yeah, well, as I said, there was a lot of points scored this week. Um, so you can see I actually took five overs out of the six bets. They actually ended up all being total bets. Couldn't find uh, a line bet. Probably should have tipped uh, Geelong. We tipped that up on the mm-hmm. uh, on the Monday show. That I yep. thought uh, Geelong outsiders, but uh, didn't end up uh, putting that as a sting. But, yeah, a pretty solid week there. Uh, not too many sweats. The uh, Geelong-Melbourne game we had to survive on Thursday night was uh, – Melbourne had a kick late in the game. Uh, sorry, Geelong, Gary Rowan missed yeah. one from about 15, 20 metres out, so that was the only sweat. But other than that, uh, yeah, pretty solid week and uh, a lot of line movements and a bit of weather around, so it helped the week. So, yeah, pretty good week. You had a great week. All right, let's have a look at the premiership market, see if there's any changes with Melbourne having lost. Melbourne, they're now 320, Geelong 4, Frio 8, Brisbane 950, Carlton 12, Richmond 13, Swans 15, Collingwood 19 and the Saints at 51. Yeah, Melbourne have drifted 275 out to 320 on the back of their loss and starting. They've got a very tough draw home, Nick, so mm-hmm. um, I can't imagine too many would be uh, piling into Melbourne at this stage with a tough draw there. No guarantee, no certainties to make the top four now with their with their draw and their current form. Geelong are the big movers, 550 into $4 from last week, obviously knocking off Melbourne. Uh, and with their run home, probably are most likely to finish on top now, um, Geelong, so they could have home ground advantage. Frio with for pretty solid movers as well. Um, Carlton got the win, um, so yeah, not too much movement behind uh, them. But Melbourne are the big drifters and might continue to drift over the next couple of weeks. Oh, I'm excited to see what's going to happen over the next few weeks for the footy. Okay, now we have a quick look at the Brownlow. Clayton Oliver three fifty, Brayshaw at three seventy, Lockie Neal three eighty, Cripps at eight twenty five, and Sam Walsh at ten. Yeah, Brayshaw the big mover had another outstanding game in Frio's win, so he's cracked into second favourite there. Not much between the top three, as you see. Um, Oliver's now got a crack thumb. Uh, unfortunately, got a kick from Selwood. Uh, didn't get free kick for pain. Uh, kicking in danger and will be out for at least one week, I would think. So uh, just a watch there on Oliver. But, yeah, a bit of a three-horse race at the moment. Okay. And if we have a quick look at the Coleman as well. Charlie Kernow, geez, he's $2 now. Cameron, two ninety. Tom Hawkins, six fifty, And Aaron Norton at 10 yeah, he's got a four-goal lead now. Nicky had uh, very solid five goals uh, in their win yesterday against West Coast. So he leads by four. He's uh, actually cracked the half ton. He's at 50. So uh, he's a four-goal leader on Cameron, who's second favourite, and then it goes to Hawkins. So yeah, maybe just starting to become a two-horse race now. Okay, thanks, MG. Now, punters, if you are serious about your AFL, you do need the stings. He had an amazing week, and you can get that from $22 a week in the Little Betty Live TV shop. AFL Stings, $22 a week. We'll have a quick break and we'll come back with Top Rope. Welcome back to First Look, proudly brought to you by topsport.com.au. Family owned and operated for over 35 years. Bet with a bookie you can trust, bet with Top Sport. Okay, Top Rope, we're going to have a quick go over the uh, NRL games because there's only four of them for the week and then we'll um, have a chat. All right, Cronulla beat Melbourne Storm 28 to 6. South beat Newcastle 40 to 28. Parramatta beat West Tigers 28 to 20. And Brisbane Broncos beat St George 32 to 18. Big news story there. The Storm. Storm and all sorts. 
Uh, yeah, they were missing. They were missing Munster and Grant uh, and Kafusi. No doubt uh, a problem. But yeah, the real issue is the the, the filling kind of you know, average players that kind of ran at the roster who are usually so reliable and kind of playing their roles have been dreadful. You know, Marion Survey, Chris Lewis went to this on a Friday show with OB, how, how bad they were last Thursday night. You know, it's a real, you know, I wouldn't call this crisis time for, for the Storm, but, you know, that they, they their depth has been severely tested right now. You know, Bellamy's got, you know, at the, the back end of his career, we don't know how long he's going to continue with. Munster's kind of weighing it with a level. It's a real, you know, crossroads moment here for the Storm. So, um yeah, I've got faith they'll get it back on track, but you know, it, yeah, it, it's hard to say that they. You know, all year I've kind of contended that they've, they've been, yeah, you know, one A, one B with with, with Penrith. Yeah, you know, they seem to have you know dropped off the pace a lot. I know Origin period this is when they normally flatten out. Yeah, you know, we normally see a kick from them kind of coming from from this week onwards, but you know, their, their defence has been extremely poor. Yeah, you know, their lack of discipline's been. Really poor. Brandon Smith's comments were, were, were kind of really rolled up Craig Bellamy this week. So, um, yeah, worrying time for the storm, no doubt about that. Absolutely. And I think I was having a look. The last time that they'd – well, they lost two two in a row last year, but that was at the start of the season. I think I had to go back to 2018 since the last time they'd won more than lost more than two in a row. So that, that, that's that got to be worrying. And obviously um, if anyone caught uh, topsport.com.au socials over the weekend, geez, they were throwing out some bangers about Bellamy and uh, – Making the team walk home, they made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was very good. The, the, the long walk home, it was uh, it was very good. I, it's nothing like seeing Craig Bellamy filthy as well. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's not going to be a fun week at Melbourne Storm training this week. I wouldn't have thought. Look, I, I do think it was good for Cronulla though. Sharks are sharks are going. Uh, uh, this as a matter of fact, the sharks like. Probably the under under underrated story from the match was how much energy the Sharks play with. Uh, the Storm didn't lose that one. The Sharks went out and won that game. They played with plenty of intent, plenty of energy early. Uh, it was a pretty pointed game plan. They were well coached into the game. So uh, it was a good win by the Sharks. And, you know, in a reasonably lackluster weekend of, uh, of footy, it was a, uh, a real statement game for the Sharks. Okay, three out of four faves, two or four covers, three or four over totals and two or four for the home teams. And for the season, we're sitting at 69% of faves, 52% of covers, 55% over totals and 62% of home teams. Yeah, it was not overs fill up uh, for the weekend. We're seeing that when, whenever the weather has been dry over the last kind of you know, couple of months, the points are really fine. So 68 points in the the, the Knights, uh, Knights Bunnies game. Poor kicking probably cost the overheating in the, the Shark Storm. The other ones went... 48 and 50. So, um, the, uh, yeah, you you get very dry grounds at night this time of year without um, uh, when there's no rain around. So the, the dew factor is almost zero. So uh, are we looking about the overs over the next month? That's for sure. We're going to have a look at the GGOA results. So um, he did go with the storm and no one could have predicted that. So that was a loss. But obviously you got the South up for the W as well. Yeah, uh, happy with that uh, South. Only one by 12 in the end, but they've seen that game well in hand from a long way out. Um, like probably a bit stiff for the Storm. They certainly didn't deserve to, to win the game, but that line went from one and a half to seven and a half uh, very quickly. So certainly got the certainly got the best of it. But uh, as they say, you can't hit odds. But what we can do is talk origin on Wednesday night. And surely, I'm not sure if your views changed from Friday's show to today, but now if we have a look at it, with Munster being out, New South Wales are now $1.35, Queensland are 3.25, and the line has gone out to 8.5 and the over-unders 39.5. 
top rope. Talk me through it. Can they win without Munster? Yeah, absolutely. They can win without Munster. Uh, the the loss of Munster is obviously yeah, a significant blow to Queensland in one sense, but this plays into the Queensland narrative. This is what the Queensland you know, ethos has been built on, the backs against the wall, winning against the odds, all that stuff. But they're likely going to start Ben Hunt at 5'8", Harry Grant hooker. Uh, the the last year was a strange year, but the the Maroons were eleven and a half point home underdogs in Game Three last year at Suncorp, and the gap between the two teams was bigger than than what it is now. So, uh, and they went out and won that game. So, um, yeah, we're we're talking about a New South Wales team with I would say a fairly ordinary five eight in Jerome Lua. They're playing Stephen Crichton, Steve Talakai in the side. Jack Whiten's been left out. Josh Adokar's been left out. They're playing a pack that, you know, is hardly an all-time pack here for the Blues. There's absolutely no way I could make this game anywhere near eight and a half, even with the changes. I have Queensland favourites. I've probably got New South Wales four to four and a half point favourites hitting this one. I will be backing the Maroons and backing them pretty heavily. I think the eight and a half is free. There's a little rumour going around that there might be other Queensland players uh, to test positive with COVID, so I wouldn't be wouldn't be jumping into this until till, till game time. I think the the like the likely line direction moving this one is out rather than in for Queensland. So um, I think eight and a half is a bit, but you know I think there's a chance we'll get we'll get uh, double digits this one. So that's going to be you and I on Wednesday night here in home Queensland because there's going to be nothing like it up at Suncorp. <laughs> We're not biased at all. Yeah, uh, look, I'm obviously a, uh, a, a, a died-in-the-wool uh, blues fan, but, uh, yeah, bet's Trump all. That's exactly right. The money, we're, we're, we bet where the money's at. Okay, now let's have a quick look at the premiership market. So Penrith, 210. The Storm are out to four. Queensland, uh, North Queensland Cowboys, 950. Cronulla, 10. Parramatta, 12. The Broncos, 21. South Sydney, 21. The Roosters, 26. And Manly Rancid out at 31. Yeah, and if you're going to find value anywhere in this one, it's probably around the Sharks at ten dollars. They, yeah, they're well coached. They seem to have the upside to, to to be able to kind of get it right on the day. They certainly don't have the consistency of the the, the top two teams, but uh, that's probably where the value lies. Uh, look, you, there's no way you could jump in a Penrith at two ten at this stage. I don't think it's. Uh, um, I'd be if you're having a premiership at this week. I'd be looking at the Sharks. I would definitely take the Sharks after some of their uh, social media stuff as well. I mean, they are just a team that loves to play together. So ten dollars, I'm I'm with you there, top rope. Okay, Punt punters, if you are serious about your NRL, you need GGOA. He has had a blinder for the last two State of Origin. So get onto the GGOA. You can get that from the Little Betty Live TV shop from twenty two dollars a week. All right, MG, over to you. Yes, Nikki. Time for our charity bets to go up uh, on a Monday morning. We've got uh, have a quick look of last week's results. There, we had uh, two out of three wins, so the Cats got the job done. We got our chips in well there, uh, plus four and a half, and went to pick them, so they got the job done. Unfortunately, the Eagles for you, Nikki, couldn't get the job done against the Blues no. and. Top rope uh, main bet of the week, South minus six and a half, so they got the job done, winning by twelve. So. Um, what do we got? Uh, I got a four-shot lead over you two. Uh, <laughs> I'm up to 11-7, and you guys are 7-11. So we'll dive into through the finals as well, just to give you guys a chance to catch up. But uh, week 19 predictions. Uh, we'll start with you, Nikki, since you're still technically second on the ladder. We're going <laughs> AFL this week or NRL. Yeah, I'm sticking um, with the AFL this week, and I'm going to come back to my babies, the Bombers, plus five and a half. 
plus five and a half against the Gold Coast. You're going to wait till the last game again. You like waiting till the Sunday afternoon. I don't know why I do it to myself. Yeah, I don't know why. Build yourself up all weekend. So, <laughs> Top Rope, what have you got for Wayside Chapel uh, in the NRL this week? Yeah, I'm going to go with the opening game of the week. I'm going to go the Sharks plus four and a half against the Cowboys. I think that might be a little too big. And uh, like Cowboys, we need to back up for more two days away. So happy to be the Sharks this one. You go punish, get one early, one late with you two. Uh, myself, uh, love me, love you. I am going to go midweek table. I'm going to go Geelong Cats at minus eight and a half against the Hot Blues. Uh, I think it'll be a good match. I just think that uh, the value lies with Geelong there at the MCG minus eight and a half. Thanks, MG and Top Rope. Okay, that is a wrap for this week on First Look. Follow us on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, download our podcast everywhere you get podcasts from. Don't forget to follow us on socials, uh, Little Birdie TV, Insta and Twitter. Remember, all your footy betting action is at topsport.com.au. Join OB and the boys on Friday and they can have a little bit of an origin wrap-up then. And uh, we'll be here next Monday. See ya.